I figured you might know who he is. He's, uh, <laughs> God, he like came onto the scene a couple years ago, like 2019. And, uh, just very red pill person. Oh, kind of like very red pill person. Like Tomasi? Yeah, but, um, like to an extreme degree. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Tomasi's so, pretty extreme too. Yeah. And I absolutely, most so. of the things that Andrew Tate says are absolutely true and valuable and useful, especially to young men. Um, you know, and then he gets a little crazy, but even the crazy shit he says, it's like, okay, well, you know, the craziest shit, the craziest shit has a little bit of truth to it. Mm. Like any good joke. Yeah. There's yeah like look up, uh, just like Andrew Tate top quotes, top quotes. Yeah. Oh, Andrew Tate's best quotes. Yeah. Pull them up. It's interesting. The only one who's not wearing a shirt right now. Do you know why I don't wear a shirt? I don't know why. I'll tell you why. One, it's not just because I'm, I'm built like Hercules. It's not actually why. Right. It's because this podcast studio used to be a bedroom. But the air conditioning is lacking. So it ruins the podcast. Every other car. What else do you have to find? Every other... This is good stuff. Oh, no. Okay, but I'm buying a Rolls Royce. You should go back and put in uh, controversial quotes. Actually, you probably won't even have them on YouTube. <laughs> probably not. YouTube's going to censor all that crap. So you get to go to work. Oh, I have to fix the car. At least you have a car. Most people don't bought one. At least you have a car. Most people only got one. You get to go get the kids because you have these beautiful... So I was reading, I was reading these quotes to my lady yesterday by him and... Uh, is that him? Yeah, that's him. He kind of looks like a fucking scrawnier version of Pitbull. So he's <laughs> actually a, uh, he was a world champion kickboxer. Oh, was he? Yeah. Um, had multiple titles. And like I said, a lot of the things he says are, they're not that outrageous. Um, here you go. 40 most controversial Andrew Tate quotes. Ooh. Oh, there's one. Andrew Tate's most controversial clips. And controversial opinions. What do you got? Andrew Tate quotes on women. Number one, I think the women belong to the man. Mm. I would agree that's quite controversial. I don't think owning people is okay, but I think yeah. conservative people understand what he's saying in a certain sense. Like, number two, females are the ultimate status symbol. People think I'm running around with these hoes because I like sex. There's nothing, that's nothing to do with the reason why I'm running around with these bitches. <laughs> I got these bitches just so everyone knows who the Don is. Hmm. Yeah, trophies. Yeah. And they're probably all first place. Right. So, like he says, shit, like depression isn't real. You feel sad, you move on. You'll always be depressed. If your life is depressing, change it. But that's like part of a bigger quote where he talks about the fact that most people aren't depressed. Hmm. He's like, most people aren't depressed. Most people are just unhappy with their situation. Yeah. And they don't want to do anything to change their situation. If I went to jail tonight, which is funny because I end, end up going to jail, him and his brother. That's a whole different story. But uh, <laughs> he's like, if I go to jail tonight, I'm going to be sad because I'm in jail and I don't want to be. Right. It's like, but like I have to do something to change that to stop being sad. It's like, and most of y'all are just sitting around in your life being sad 
because you're not willing to do anything to change it. Yeah, which makes absolute sense. Yeah. I mean, to me anyway. Exactly. But because he's trying, but because he's saying the vast majority of people that are like, I have depression, depression. He's, he's talking about those people when he's saying depression isn't real. Hmm. Like he's not an idiot. He's an intelligent, like he's, he's a grandmaster rated chess player. He's genius level brain. Like he's not an idiot. His dad was. He's not talking about people who have like real hormonal imbalances and chemical brain imbalances. Yeah, exactly. He's he's talking about people. We all recognize those people exist. Yeah. Yeah. But the vast majority of people who are getting drugged up by their doctors these days are not. Yeah. They don't fall into that. Clinically depressed. Yeah. It's an absolute problem that taking responsibility and changing things and being healthy in their life would right clear up eventually. Right. You know, but it's like, Oh, I want a solution to this problem now. Right. It's like, I'm, yeah. over, I'm overweight. I want a six pack in 30 days. Like, well, that's not how it fucking works. Right. Yeah. We're all obsessed with instant gratification. Yeah. And because we don't get it, then it's like, Oh, poor me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. The The amount of pills that we just hand out to people on a daily basis, like, oh, you feel sad? Here's a fucking pill. But people, they don't stop to think, okay, so now you're on this pill, right? And you've been building it up or whatever to whatever level the doctor has prescribed. Well, how is it actually making you feel? Is it actually making you feel better and changing that brain chemistry? Or is it just making you feel weird? And different. Yeah. Because there is a difference. There is a difference. Yeah. It's just numbing. It, it numbs you across the board. Right. Like I've, I've known people that have been on Zoloft and like other things that yeah. were where it was not a chemical issue. Mm-hmm. It was a personality disorder type issue of like, right. you're not putting in the work mentally, emotionally, and physically to be happy. Right. You're not doing what you need to do to make your life a happy one. And like, you know, like, great. You had trauma in your life. That sucks. Right. But Andy Frisella, the owner of Muscle Farm um, and the guy who does 75 hard, Andy Frisella says, the only thing noble about victimhood is overcoming it. Mm. That is fucking, that's classic. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Overcome that trauma, get the therapy you need, talk to somebody, like start figuring out how to make changes in your life so you can be mentally healthy, so you can be physically healthy, emotionally healthy. Yeah. Make the changes and then watch whether or not you become happy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people don't want to take that ownership of life. Yeah. And so they go, I'm depressed. Give me drugs. Give me. I saw an article the other day. Um, Have you heard of this drug, Ozempic? I want to say I've seen a commercial on TV for it or some shit like that. I, I know I've heard of it. Yes. I, I don't remember exactly what it's for. So it's a weight loss drug. Oh. And it's like the We're hot. Back to those. Yeah, it's like the hot new thing. Because what it does is it just takes away people's hunger and appetite. Mm. I think. I think. Isn't that what Fen Fen did? What's, what? Fen Fen? That was that weight loss drug that came out like late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. No, like, no, that had ephedrine in it, which okay. is actually a uh, metabolism booster. Yeah, but it was like it was like boosting people's metabolisms to the point of a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, there, there was a lot of like. Yeah. Like young girls and stuff that were taking it and died and shit. Yeah, yeah, especially when you combine it with caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> which is <laughs> so college kids on Fen Fen uh, chugging coffee. 
yeah to stay awake for midterms yeah because yeah, it was anything. right around the rise of you know red bull and stuff too where yeah. all of a sudden it's like oh yeah let's pump a thousand milligrams of caffeine in there some yeah. fen fen uh smoke a bowl yeah. <laughs> so the ozempic like i think it suppresses ghrelin which is like makes what makes you hungry mm. um but it's like a weekly shot and these people are losing like people that are on are losing a bunch of weight i bet because they're not eating yeah exactly yeah. so they're just going into an extreme caloric deficit and that's what happens it's essentially like getting gastric bypass without right. getting it like by taking a needle but now they're finding the drugs went out for like a year or two now they're finding that once people come off the drug, they put all the weight back on. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Because they didn't actually make any lifestyle changes. Right. They didn't have to do any hard work to say no to the food. Yeah. So that it eventually became a habit of saying no to shitty food, yes to healthy food. Right. So that, like, they could sustain that progress. Yeah. They took a shortcut, said, I want the solution now. And, like, that never works. That never yeah. provides lasting change or happiness. And they're like releasing these new articles on it. Like it's some big shock. I'm like, yeah. How is that a shock? Yeah, exactly. If you, if you're not doing anything to rewire your brain to say, Oh, I don't need ice cream. I don't need ho-hos and little Debbie's. Yeah. So then, you, then you're just going to go right back to it. As soon as the hunger comes back, you're going to be like, Oh fuck, I want to yeah. eat a whole pizza to myself. I don't know the statistic, but it's way, way higher than it should be. Um, the percentage of gastric bypass where they actually go in and they yeah, well, they cut st- most of your stomach out. So like yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't eat. Yeah. Or they what staple it so that it's yeah. half the size or some shit. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's, it's over 50% eventually put the weight back on hmm. because they never really changed their habits. Right. Yeah. They still eat garbage. Yeah. They just can't eat as much of it they can't eat as much of it yeah but i mean and then over time the stomach just naturally begins to expand right like cell regeneration and like yeah 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 yeah. so then they can start eating more because they never actually addressed their the problem and what really like for most people right like food it's like this emotional attachment Mm -hmm. i know it is for me right like i had a yeah same here I had a horrible emotional day yesterday. You know, I like close on my house. I send my 20 year old off on a one way ticket to Denver mm. as he goes out to live his life. And, uh, you know, like one of my accountability commitments right now is like, okay, I'm going to eat my macros and I'm going to eat yep. healthy food. Like I just ordered like pizza when I got home it was, <laughs> and I was like, fuck, you know? Yeah. Checking in on accountability this morning. And it's like, yeah, okay, bro. Like, you should know like all right now you know like you need to plan ahead for days like that and you know it's going to be an emotional day like plan ahead and and make yourself you know set yourself up for success i'm like yeah yeah i know but like i had to break so it's still a struggle but like i had to break that emotional attachment to food because like i was fucking massively overweight Mm -hmm. and the only way for me to lose that weight and become athletic and like do the shit i do now was to like do the hard work to tell myself no. Yeah. Like, Hey, you know, this is not good for you. No, choose something better. And then every time you make that choice, you're taking steps forward. Right. And like, it's not a linear progression, right? Cause you go like, you know, for most people it's like, okay, just try to start eating two healthy meals a day. Right. You're now 
66% of the time you're eating healthy. Yeah. If you can change out one or two, yeah. you know, of the big old sandwiches that you used to eat with, you know, more whole foods or salad or something. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be everything all at once. Fucking baby steps. Yeah. You know, give yourself grace, right? Like I, and I mean, I think it's better to decide like, okay, that's not who I am anymore. And like, yeah, do it and just go, you know, I'm going to clear the junk out of my house. I'm going to get the healthy foods and I'm going to do it. And like, I understand I'm going to struggle. I'm going to door dash something, you know, I'm going to try to keep that to a minimum. I'm going to, you know, you get through a few months and you look back and you're like, Oh, I only door dashed like once or twice a week. Like, and, and look, I've made progress. Yeah. You know, set a big goal, make progress towards it. Um, Elon Musk has this quote where he says, you know, you should try to accomplish your five-year plan in the next six months. <laughs> it's like, you'll fail. Yeah. But you'll be further along than everybody else. Yeah. So you set these big goals and you go like, all right, I'm going to work towards this, but you just understand that you are setting a giant goal mm. and give yourself grace and then like be able to look back and go, man, look at the progress I made. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. how you break understanding that you will fail though. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, but like, that's how you break all of that, like emotional connection to food. That's how you break addiction to anything, right? Like, so you break any of those things, unhealthy habits, like set a big goal, create a plan, work on it, understand you're going to fail, like have a system in place for when that happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like know what you're going to do for me now. It's like, I know, okay, I have accountability. I'm going to tell somebody so that they go, okay, don't fucking do it again. I mean, really it's 12 step programs, right? Like it doesn't, <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah. Like Alcoholics Anonymous didn't like make anything special up. So, you know. Yeah. The 12 steps. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I'm no fucking expert. I'm still overweight. I struggle with uh, self-discipline like really bad. Yeah. You know, I'm still working at it constantly. The only good habits I've been able to make for myself thus far in a long time is learning to put myself in a different mindset when it comes to food. Cause I eat when I'm bored. Yeah. If I'm not doing something or I'm just sitting around on my ass, then I'll be digging into the fridge. That's my go-to. It's what I do. Yeah. So I've learned to try and keep myself busy as much as possible. Yeah. And when I realize that I'm standing at the fridge, it's like, okay, am I actually hungry or am I just being stupid? 90% of the time it's, I'm just being stupid. And I'm like, no, you're not hungry. And I walk away. You can also replace one of the things I found that works for me for a long time too, is just trying to find things to replace yeah. food with like, Oh, I, I'm hungry and I want something sweet. Like, Oh, cool. Like I paid the extra couple dollars to have the grapes already picked and in a little bowl for me from the grocery store. Like, mm, yeah, cool. I'll eat grapes. I want something sweet like that. And then I'm like, Oh, like it hits that spot. And then like, it doesn't, right. it's, not bad for you. Like, I don't care what people say about like, Oh, there's still sugar. It's fruit. It's caught like, dude, yeah, it's, like a, it's a different it's a fucking grape. Yeah. yeah. It's like, not complex sugar. It's, it's not bad for you. It's like, why would you say no to fruit? Yeah. And then, uh, or like pineapple, right? It's already cut up. Mm. Cool. It's sweet. It's a refreshing treat. Or if I want like salty, just like have just plain popcorn that I can make. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then spray it and like keep like flavored salts and mm -hmm. like different things. So you can make like kettle corn or just movie theater butter. Right. But then you just spray it with cooking spray or like, I can't believe it's not butter spray or whatever. And yeah, it's like, Oh yeah, this tastes 
really good, but like a giant bowl of popcorn is like 200 calories. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing the same thing for a while. Like, I tried to clear out as much junk food out of my house as possible. I mean, I still had a little bit here and there just for fun, you know, once in a while. Mm -hmm. But I kept myself pretty strict to, like, just popcorn. I had so much fucking popcorn that year. It was ridiculous. But it was good. Yeah. Because it, it, it trained me to say no to things. And especially, like, when you're walking through the store, like, I try to never go grocery shopping hungry anymore because I will. I'll, oh, that looks good. Put that in the cart. Oh, yeah. that looks good. Put that in the cart. It's like, walk out of there spending 200 extra dollars that I didn't want to. And it's like, fuck, why did I buy all this shit? Damn it. I just train myself to read the nutrition labels and everything. And I go, yeah. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Ooh. I try to do that more now too. But also like walking by the junk food aisles or, you know, the little Debbie's and stuff like that yeah. instead of, cause I, I'm just super rebellious even against myself, no matter how hard I try not to be, I just am. So if I say you can't have that, then I'm going to buy it and I'm going to eat it and stuff it in my face because even my own brain is like, fuck you, you have whatever you want. So for me, if I, if I say to myself, I don't need that, that works out a hell of a lot better because it's true. I don't need it. Yeah. You know, it's me being more awake to myself and realizing like, yeah, you don't need that shit. You don't need to pump yourself full of sugar and you know, garbage. Yeah. I can't remember who I heard talking about it, but, uh, you know, this, this concept of telling ourselves no, uh, is not effective. Mm -hmm. And what we really just need to start training ourselves to do is to go, well, that's not who I am. Yeah. Tie it to your identity, tie it to how you see yourself. And, you know, the person that I am is not somebody who eats little Debbie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. they eat healthy. That's who I am, you know? Because then that, like, that helps you tie it to this, like, lifestyle identity of, like, who you are. And, you know, it applies everywhere in life that yeah, anything you can put a, the word health behind, <laughs> mental, emotional, physical, right? Like, it's funny, you know, going back to Andrew Tate, one of the quotes I read from him when I was reading controversial quotes to this girl yesterday was, uh, like, not crying isn't a sign of lack of emotion. Mm. It's a sign of emotional control, which only comes with maturity. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, maturity is learning how to like control urges that are not necessarily like beneficial. So like part of emotional health is learning to go, you know what? That's like the person that I am doesn't respond in that way to stressful situations. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't, the person that I am doesn't need to get mad and yell and engage in negative emotional behaviors because that's not the type of person I am. Mm -hmm. We have it. I think for the vast majority of people, they have an easier time thinking like that when it comes to things like that, you know, because nobody wants to be like, Oh yeah, I'm the type of person that just flies off the handle all the time. Yeah. But it's like hard to translate that into other areas too. But, um, it's just maturity. Maturity is being able to change yeah, you know, change and, like, and grow and learn how to, you know, live a different life. Yeah. If you don't like something about you, then do something, change it. Yep. Instead of sitting back, getting even more frustrated and pissed off about that thing about you that you don't like. Okay, we'll do something then. Totally. Uh, it, it seems like it just becomes a vicious cycle for most people. I think people are just really, really comfortable yeah. with... 
Well, in general. Like, yeah, change is scary. Yeah. Change is absolutely scary. So, like I mentioned, I closed on my house. Like, I sold it yesterday. Um, I got, like, two weeks left till I go to Florida. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I was thinking yesterday, I'm like, man, it's, it's been an interesting decade here in Idaho. And, uh, like, lived a couple different lives, you know, mm-hmm. in that time. And... I'm thinking about, I'm like, cool, like, you know, Florida, it's like, that's going to be a whole different life. Like it's a, a reincarnation, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be a lot of sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's like this constant, like chance to do something different. Yeah. Be something different. And, you know, as I was sitting there thinking, I've lived a couple, couple lives and I'm like, okay, this life here in CDA is ending and the, uh, you know, Florida adventures beginning. And then in a few years after that, the international living and I'm like, okay, like I, I love change. I love thriving on change and and I love that process of reinvention. And it's like, I don't know. I I, I struggle with other people in a lot of ways because like, I don't see that a lot in most people. Right. And, uh, yeah, you've, you've made a tremendous transformation in yourself I mean, as long as I've known you and I think it's, you know, it's difficult when you're moving along that line to see so many people that aren't, is that kind of what you're hitting at? Yeah. It frustrates me. I sent uh, a little uh, Instagram reel yesterday to, to my dudes, um, this guy talking about Belgian horses, which are apparently the strongest horses, like they can pull the most, right? Like they look like Clydesdales, only yeah. meteor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, so that the average Belgian horse can pull between 8,000 and 12,000 pounds. Damn. And uh, he's talking to a crowd of people. And he's like, so how much y'all think two Belgian horses can pull? Everyone in the crowd's like, oh, you know, 16 to 24,000 pounds. And he's like, yeah, you know, y- y- y'all are good at math. You know, two times 12, 24. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you're wrong. He's like, when you, when you yoke up two Belgian horses, they both compete with each other to try to push harder Mm. and pull more than the other one. So they're both competing to pull more weight than the other one, thereby moving it faster. And they can pull up to 36,000 pounds. Jeez. So you get more effort out of two of them linked up because of their natural nature of, of competitiveness and teamwork. It's just perfect mixture. And he goes, you know, I only hire Belgian horses. Mm. It's like, I'm only friends with Belgian horses. I only hang around with Belgian horses. It's like, cause they're pushing me. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to find people that want to push in all areas of life. Um, it's one of the reasons I look forward to going to Florida. Right. I feel like, uh, you know, there's more population there. This is a very interesting community up here in Idaho, but <laughs> yeah. So how many, uh, how many episodes are you on now? This is 33, 33. Mm-hmm. Nice. So 33 weeks I've been doing it. There you go. Well, 34. Cause there was a week I didn't do one. That was Memorial weekend. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's something I was actually talking about with somebody today. Um, it, it's, you know, it's not that I'm not passionate about it anymore cause I still am, but I'm struggling a little bit with, you know, it's summertime now and I want to go do stuff, you yeah. know, and I have the time now and the means to do it. Right. My life has changed. I have, 
I have an abundance of a lot of things and I'm, I'm able to go do things and do stuff and, and travel and see things and, and experience things. And so it sucks because I've lost a little bit of steam, right? Because it's like, it's push pull mm-hmm. back and forth. Like, uh, you know, I, like, I really want to go do this thing now. Oh, but I need to make sure that I get my podcast down. Well, I don't want to do that. I want to go do this thing now. So then it, that's a struggle, but then I'm still passionate about the podcast. So I'm like, okay, well, this person's really interesting. I want to talk to this person. Oh, damn it. But I want to go do this other thing. Well, I guess I'll cancel the other thing and I'll do the podcast. And it's just a back and forth constant. So at, at this point, I'm I'm almost thinking maybe about just doing seasons and work it mostly through the winter from like October to April, you know? It's good, homie. Like, I, yeah. And, and I might still do it episodes here and there throughout the summer. Like if, you know, I run into somebody who's just really cool and then I'll put that in a box and save it for later or something. So you can also do, uh, here's a free content creation marketing tip, just cut ups clips in the summer. Mm, Yeah. Or, you know, you can extend stuff out by doing like, you know, you can compile, uh, you know, a thing of like, you know, here's some of our, Mm. You know, here's some of the greatest, greatest conversations, Yeah, you know, and just do like little clips, like release one 15 minute conversation a week. And like, you know, just so like the more uh, content, of. the more content you create, the better. Yeah. Right. Like, so think about like where you're broadcasting this out on, right? The platforms, different platforms that mm-hmm. you're broadcasting it out on. They're providing a space to you to do it, you know? And in, in your case, it's, you know, for passion, but like ultimately building up enough of an audience to monetize it and make money, whether that's through ads that are sold through the platform or sponsorships or stuff like that. Right. So these platforms are giving you this free technology and space to disseminate this information. And they like to suggest it out. They like to tell people after they watch or listen to one thing. Like here, here's something else you might be interested or that's related or, you know, how people, you know, whether or not something will boost up in search results. Um, and so they're making those decisions, but what their, their end business goal, they don't give a shit about you. Oh yeah. Their end business goal is eyeballs and viewership right? or in audio, you know, whatever. But, um, it's time that listeners and viewers spend on their platforms. Right. Because the more time they spend on the platform, the more shit they can sell to them. Yeah, the more advertising money they make. Yeah. Which they will share. Um, so they prioritize people that will consistently produce content over those that are inconsistent in their algorithms. Yes. Because you are, you are playing their game. You know, you have to create content people want to listen to and, you know, watch, but at the end of the day, you have to do it in a way that plays the game of the platform. Yeah. So you've got now 30 plus, you know, that's gotta be 40 to 50 hours or if not more of content. Yeah. It's probably a little more because of almost the first half of all of those were closer to three hours each. So, yeah. So there's plenty of content to be able to just like mix stuff together, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're sitting down late at night, do that rather than spending prime hours of summer interviewing people, Hmm. start cobbling together content, like, and then start finding ways to disseminate it to platforms. 
Hmm. You know, so then you're still creating content. Yeah. You're still putting stuff out for people to listen to, um, but then you're you're not having to do the time intensive part, which is recording stuff. And then totally in the future, as you you know go to season two, um, you know you can try to record more than one a week or whatever. You know what I mean? Or break like if you have a three hour conversation with somebody one week, break it up into two episodes. Yeah, that's what somebody else suggested too. And then like now you're a week ahead. Yeah. So the next week, you know when you're talking to somebody and maybe that one's only one episode, but that, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. get all these things. Yeah. Somebody else recently mentioned that to me too. It's like, well, okay, you've, you've shortened them up to, you know, about an hour and a half. And I, and I did that also for time. And because you know, so many people were like, Oh, they're so long, whatever. But also to, uh, make it easier for me to edit. You know? Yeah. Cause then I'm editing in shorter chunks. But then there, there's always that thing where sometimes you're in a great conversation with somebody like, and you don't want to end it at a ha- an hour and a half. Yeah. You, know, you just want to keep going. And so it's like, okay, well then why stop? Just keep going, you know, and then break it up. Yeah. Why not do well, part one and then to be continued. It's cool. Cause what I hear you saying, basically, right? Like you're, you're 33 episodes in, you're like honing the craft yeah. and it's, you know, like a, statistic I heard, I think I already told you this, but like 98% of podcasts never make it to like 21 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you're already in like 2%, right? But like, how do you go from good to great? Yeah. You know, um, what can it look like at 500, you know, and 500 would be sweet. <laughs> right. But I mean, so think about it, right? Like you're, you're, you started out like you're learning, you're honing this craft, you're, you're building the skills to, and like learning things as you go. It's very, mm. it's very much entrepreneurial. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not on the job training. Yeah. It's not any different than starting a business, right? Cause you're trying to figure out like, okay, how can I schedule these different people to like get together to make this product? How can I then get the product? Like, what do I have to do to produce it? Right. You know, that's the other things I have other ventures that I want to dabble into that I need time for. So, yeah. I just have, have to keep finding places to make time and move things around. <clears throat> but I also want to enjoy my summer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think, I don't know. I think there's like two schools of thoughts in, in the, the venture entrepreneurial world. Like one is build an audience, mm-hmm. then figure out what you're going to sell to them. Yeah. Right. And then the other one is like, get really good at a certain thing, like get really good at some sort of business. And then produce content about it to build an audience right. that you can then expand and sell more to. Yeah. And one thing I thought of, you know, since I have uh, somewhat remote capabilities and I want to hone that and make it better would be to like, if I am out traveling and doing stuff, okay, well, why can't I incorporate the two? You know, if yeah. I'm out having fun and I'm meeting people or something, okay, we'll just bring my, you know, my little phone set up or something. I get into a conversation with somebody cool. Like, Hey, would you want to do my show? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. so that you, that you, even if it's just a little quick okay. sit down, mm-hmm. half hour episode, you know, anytime you talk to anybody, you should be like, cause everybody's like, Oh, well, so what do you do? You know, yeah. once you get past right two, three minutes of environmental, like what's around you talk. Yeah. How's the weather? Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're meeting new people, like nobody cares what your fucking day job is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like unless, unless you're a professional celebrity football. Right. It's funny that you say whatever. that. Like nobody gives a fuck what your day job is. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you say that because I've, I've met people recently 
you know, where you get into that same conversation. It's like, Oh, what do you do for, you know? And then I end up just spewing out the same crap that I've been spewing for years. Like, Oh yeah, work at you know, this place, blah, blah, blah. And it never even occurred to me until recently. Okay. Well, why am I not putting this out there too? You know, I don't know if maybe I'm just not used to it or what. So, so it's a, it's probably imposter syndrome for one, um, which is like so common for everybody in the entire, like a hundred percent of people. <laughs> anytime you try, anytime you're making change. Yeah. Right. You're like you're making a change and you're like, I'm not qualified for this. Yeah. Whom like, you know, what, how can I tell people I'm a podcaster? I'm not Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> But the, well, the that's, and that's the other thing too, is like, I, I don't want to be, I, I do feel that way sometimes, but I also don't want to be the guy who all he ever talks about with everybody is, Hey, my podcast, my podcast, my podcast, you know what I mean? But you know what? It'll be more interesting than what most people talk about. It Probably. is absolutely, it's, it is interesting. Like the whole talking about the fucking weather. I want to shoot myself every time that comes up. Yeah. People don't talk about interesting things. <laughs> like I have eyeballs and I can feel that it's 58 degrees and it's raining right now. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> yeah. People don't do interesting things. They don't have interesting things. Yeah. They don't. So the fact that you have a hobby that as we've already noted is like puts you in a 2% category, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's easy when you're trying to do things to look at the people in front of you and just constantly go, I'm not good enough. Like, yeah, I, I'm not that good. I'm not those people. Yeah. And not realize the, like where you are and how far, how much further you are than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And that's like imposter syndrome, right? Because you, you want to do better and you want, you feel like I can achieve more. So you're looking up and, but by looking up, you're like, I'm not good enough. Cause look at these people. Right. And it's like, Oh no, like tell people you're a podcaster because and then have some sort of hook, you know, to try to draw out whether or not they do anything interesting. Mm-hmm. And then like by doing this, right? Like you, it's, it gives you these skills socially, right? Like of being able to talk to people and interview and have conversations. And so it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We can find like some sort of thread to follow and like, Oh, you know, now you're out traveling and all of a sudden you meet somebody. I'm like, who knows? Maybe that person's got, a hundred thousand followers that, and you're like, Hey, you should be on my podcast. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. Cause you're a cool person that they talk to. And then all of a sudden you get like thousands more views and listens. Right. Just because, and that's like how the internet works nowadays. Yeah. Like people with a hundred thousand followers are all over the place mm-hmm. and like, they'll come do a podcast if like it was a natural interaction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, you know, if you're not like hitting them up and, uh, you know, like to like on social media to be like, Hey, you should come do it. Like they get like, yeah, they, they get hit with that like a million times a day. It's like telling hot women that they're pretty. Yeah. They fucking know that exactly. they get told that a million times a day. Oh yeah. Be totally, different. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I, uh, be the guy that's not in their face. Like, oh, you're so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Hot women actually don't really even get talked to that much. Like, unless it's obnoxiously and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I I often, I often, (laughs) I have like tall, pretty white male privilege in a lot of ways. So (laughs) (laughs) I often realize like my scenarios are different than most people's. But, uh, like when I talk to like hot women, not like North Idaho, like New York nine women, Mm. it like, they're always fucking friendly. 
because they just don't have anybody that like talks to them normally. Yeah. And uh, without some level of social awkwardness. Right. And that's what I'm talking about is be different. Yeah. Don't be the guy that's you know, it, like confidence is key. Yeah. Be the guy that just strikes up a conversation and talks about something yeah. other than how pretty they are. Yeah. And if you're going to do anything, just notice something, you know, yeah. just say, oh, you're so hot. Now remember, hey, we're, those we're just talking real. about normal people for you to have on your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about picking up Russian <laughs> models, but yeah, uh, but I mean, I think it works the same with just yeah. about anybody, it, you know, and especially just uh, honing conversation skills and, you know, confidence goes along a long way with pretty much anything. Dude, people are horrible to talk to. <laughs> 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 like, obviously, I don't have any problem conversing, and. uh Man, I struggle with so much of the population because it's like, like you realize really, really quickly, like you do not have anything interesting to talk about in your life. Well, there's that, but there's also the thing that the internet has killed being social. Oh yeah. You know, because it's so much easier for people to just get on their phone and text or say some horrible shit about somebody on the fucking on a YouTube comment or on Twitter because they know they're not going to get punched in the face. You know, yeah. Then it is to go somewhere like a bar or, or something else, a family barbecue and actually just converse with somebody. Yeah. So now to absolutely talk about Russian models. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Like I had this experience recently of just, I mean like an absolute, a, a gorgeous, gorgeous Russian model. Uh, and like, I just went up, I ran it. I saw it at a coffee shop. Actually, it was like a whole weird scenario there. Apparently, her and her sister saw me a few days prior, and uh, she was like, "Oh my gosh!" She told me later. She's like, "Oh, I told my sister in Russian. We were like behind you, like, oh my god, he's so handsome." So, like I said, this might not be a normal experience for other people, but like just by walking up in the coffee shop and be like, "Hey, I just saw you over here, and uh, wanted to come introduce myself. I'm Adam." And, uh, you know, she's like, I don't even remember her name now, some Russian <laughs> name, like Venka or something. And, uh, like just instantly invited me to like sit down and like talk to her mm-hmm. because in like two minutes of conversation, it was like, oh, you're not like a horrible person to talk to. Fascinating lady. Absolutely fascinating lady. Like literally part of the Russian oligarchy, <laughs> like I shit you not, um, her, her, her family is like descendants from the Romanovs and like are very connected and like six foot tall Russian model mom, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like six foot tall sisters. And she's like five, 10 and blonde and just, you know, Russian model. And, uh, (laughs) but I'm like, wow, your life is like, it was interesting to me. I'm like, wow, this is, fascinating to me that yeah the way some of your life works like their family did arranged marriages when all of her and her sisters were like 16 jeez she's like 29 now and like i was like what i've never actually met somebody that had an arranged marriage especially when they were that young they like literally sent her back to the motherland to meet the family and like the other family gave them like or they had to give the other family like a dowry. Oh, really? <laughs> they still do her. that shit? <laughs> Dude, yes. And like, this is a, like, just a freaking absolute 10, 11 
like looks wise. And like, so she was like arranged marriage. Anyway, so it just turned into this fascinating, fascinating conversation where I was just like, wow, this is probably one of the most interesting things like I've ever freaking heard. Hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, you gotta go take that step and do the thing. Yeah. You gotta go talk to the person. And there's so many interesting people in the world, you know, and especially when you travel. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people aren't that interesting to talk to because they like, if you don't get out and see the world, mm. like you don't have interesting things to talk about. You don't right. have perspective. You don't have imagination. Mm -hmm. It's sad, you know? Yeah. That's something I feel like I struggle with. Cause I mean, I was pretty much raised here and I haven't really been anywhere. Yeah. So but you I mean, want to, Oh yeah. Yeah. And what's, that's, what's that's, at the top of your list. So the top of my list is Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Ireland do a, a dirty pub tour and uh, stay in a castle. I want, I want to go very similarly, but to the, across the, uh, the channel there, uh, over to Scotland to do Ooh, yeah. a distillery tour Hell yeah. and stay in a castle. Um, Scotland, like mostly, mostly Scottish heritage. So on my dad's side. Hmm. So I'm like, yeah, that's like, but I'm with you. Stay in a castle. I've got one. I think I have it on Airbnb. I've got it bookmarked where I'm like one day. I literally have bucket list stays really in my, uh, Airbnb. Cause I'm just like, Oh, like there's a private Island off, um, <laughs> off the coast of, uh, Florida, like as you drive down highway one, all the way down to Key West. Oh yeah. It's like down in the keys. There's a house on a private Island and it's like two twenty five hundred $500 a night. Jesus. But it, like, it comes with a boat for you to like get out there. And I was like, and it sleeps like 16 people. Oh, okay. It's got, so if you took 15 little, people with you, yeah, it's broke got its it little beach. It's got, you know, the boat, it's got, um, like a pool. I'm like, that is freaking wonderful. Man, that's not really that bad when you think about it. Yeah. I'm like, that's absolutely amazing. Wait, where is it? So 2,500 personal wrong buttons, uh, divided by 16. That's only $156 a night. If you took all, all right. the people with you. Yeah. And like, so you just go there with a, that's some, a, that's a you go there with some in. couples. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. That'd be rad, dude. Yeah, I do. I used yeah, to I, uh, list. Florida Keys are on my list. Dude, Key West is amazing. It's one of my favorite places. I was actually talking with uh, with somebody last night about bucket went, lists. Here is a, uh, not to cut you off, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Here is a castle in Ireland for $653 a night. Not bad for a castle. Yeah. On a lake or something. Probably a ocean side there. Uh, like a river, maybe? On Oceanside, but yeah, waterfront, mm. or you can get the bigger castle for $3,300 a night. <laughs> Take people with you. Oh my God. This is like a, I'm assuming this is, this is like 60 bucks a night in Spain. Spain That's like a rad. full on, like you're not obviously staying there alone for 60 bucks a night, but it's not like a full villa. That's like a bunch of houses inside a giant castle on a hill. I don't know. Oh rad. yeah. So Russian Barbie also tells me about her uncle who, um, has, is titled still in, and like has some land in like 
some castle in whatever, where Prussia, wherever that used to be. Like a lord? <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, something. <laughs> and like how he had to buy his, because of the whole arranged marriage thing, right? Like he just let his wife live in the castle and he bought a DACA for his mistress and him, which mm. is like a lake house, like yeah. a lake villa. That's how you do it, man. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Keep the wife in the lap of luxury and put your side chick up in the side house. <laughs> They're okay with it. They're, it's uh, all on the up and up in that sort of uh, environment. I would, I would, Im- yeah, I would imagine that's probably more prevalent in an arranged marriage kind of society. Yeah. So divorce is like a big, big no, no. Right. And yeah. Um, one of the siblings got a divorce and mm-hmm. is now like shunned and has to live in rural America on yeah. their own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what sucks in, in my opinion about an arranged marriage, because you end up getting just put with this person who maybe you don't really vibe with, you know, but because the two families want to be put together for whatever reason, like then yeah. you got to stay together. So you come to an agreement like, okay, well, we'll stay together, but you get yours and I'll get mine. You know, I, I just <laughs> read an article from Forbes yesterday that talked about how um, permanent like separation marriages are on the rise, but not even like where they're um, like where they're completely amicable and they still like see each other and date, mm-hmm. but they just live apart. And I was like, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> All the benefits of marriage with the whole freedom of being single. Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, really, what benefits are there? I mean, I think companionship's important. Like, if you find the right person. Um, yeah. You know, I don't want to be 70 or 80, like, be a lonely old man. I'm not, like, afraid of it, but yeah, uh, it's nice to have shared experiences with somebody, you know, and over time, like, at family it creates a sense of family, you know? Um, but I mean, does it, if you're living completely apart in separate places and you're still banging other people and going out and doing whatever you want? Well, I mean, that's obviously something you got to discuss and <laughs> negotiate in your partnership. I mean, uh, I, I could so choose, but I, I could see it if you're doing a monogamous friends with benefits who happen to be married situation and you live in separate homes and you just do your own shit all the time. I don't know. I guess, yeah. I guess I'm just a more classic individual in terms of that. Well, you know, circling it back to Andrew Tate. Um, <laughs> this is one of the things he talks about regularly is, you know, he's like, Oh, in the Bible, you don't see, you see men with multiple wives all the time, but you never see women with multiple men. Yeah. And he talks about that hypergamous kind of nature, um, a lot. And, uh, once again, I don't like, I don't understand why people, are so upset about it. It's like, why do you care? Like, oh, why yeah. do people, why do other people care if, right. Yeah. I'm not judging anyone who, who decides to have, to have multiple yeah. women or why are you judging women who are okay with dudes having other women? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's all about, uh, you know, but, your, your mindset and what you're okay with. And, yeah. and you know, but to me, the problem is like the people who are, judging him for saying those things mm-hmm. are the people that are fighting for sexual equality. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, mm, are you really? <laughs> yeah. No, you're fighting for 
more for me, but not for thee. And like that, I'm never, I'm not okay with that on any side. I saw this video the other day, uh, where it was like a guy in a t-shirt that said woke. And then another guy in a matching t-shirt that said racist. <laughs> and they were like, you know, you'd think, you'd think we wouldn't get along, but we're actually best friends. And, uh, you know, they're like, start spouting off these things. And, uh, like they say at the same time, they're like, we should eliminate race-based hiring and allow race to be a factor in the hiring process. And they're like, yay, high five. <laughs> <laughs> and like all these examples where it's like, yeah, you know, when you say it at the same time and you're like, oh shit, you actually both kind of believe the same thing. Right. You're a hateful dick about it and you're a stuck up prick about it. And like, yeah. But you both are coming from a place of feeling superior and thinking like you need to solve the problem. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no, maybe you should just mind your own fucking business and keep your opinion to yourself <laughs> and just be decent to other humans. Like, well, yeah, I've been saying that for years. Just because you have a fucking opinion doesn't mean everyone needs to hear it. Yeah. You know, and, and. I think, you know, it's hard, right? Like, I mean, you're making content, you know, and a lot of it's going to be opinion based. And even right well, now, yeah. these are our opinions. Right. Um, so it's kind of this catch 22 in the sense of. Yeah, that is funny that I just said that, huh? Right. Like, <laughs> but I, I think generally just hating on people for. I think. No, it's not even hating on people. Like, I, whatever. I think, like the, you, I think if, the difference, though, is pushing your opinion. Yeah, it's prostitution. Forcing it. Right? Like it. Whereas what we're doing is we're recording it, we're putting it out into the ether, and if someone wants to hear it, they can listen to yeah. it. And, you know, personally, I think people need to listen to more. Like, it, people live in echo chambers. So, yeah. People need to be listening to all sides of an argument. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had a few people tell me recently, like, Oh, you know, you're, you're kind of hard to talk to sometimes because did they have to do that right now <laughs> and take it out and post, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they tell me like, I'm hard to talk to sometimes because, or to come to with things are like, Oh, you know, because you, you, it's hard to convince you of things. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. Like, it's not that. I don't want you to share your opinions with me or I don't want you to like come to me with problems, mm -hmm. but I'm going to ask you why. Right. I'm going to ask you to explain. And like, you know, one person was like, well, yeah, but then you're not taking into account my feelings. And I'm like, well, I'm not negating your feelings, but you're actually, you're coming to me with something, asking me to change something or, or telling me that there's something wrong or like in need of correction in me. And I'm fine with that, mm -hmm. but you're going to need to back that up. Right. In order for me to make that change. Right. You're, you're negating my feelings by coming to me, telling me that I'm doing something wrong without explaining to me what it is. Yeah. It's, just expecting well, me to follow what not, you want. And it's not feelings at that point. Right. Like yeah. it's okay. Feelings are, listen, you said this thing and I'm not assigning any, intent on your part. It's just, you said this thing and here's how I felt. Mm -hmm. And that hurt my feelings. Right. Okay. Well, you know what? I didn't realize that that would hurt your feelings I, I, or maybe I did. And I was just being insensitive, whatever. I can handle that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I can then explain my intent and go, okay, well, you know, what? I didn't have any intent to hurt your feelings. So I apologize that that happened. 
And now that I'm aware of that, we'll be good. I've protected your feelings and, you know, but you didn't like project feelings onto me. When you project feelings onto me and you go, oh, well, you're doing this thing and like, or you should do this differently or this thing that you said was wrong. Okay, that's fine. Now you're making a criticism. So in order for it to be a constructive criticism, you need to provide evidence and examples to like back this up. Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll just agree with you already, right? Like I'm incredibly self-critical, but just going like, well, I didn't like this thing that you did, so you should change it. Like, that's not... Yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, no. Like, okay, I'm sorry that you didn't like it. I'm not going to change it unless you can show me why I should change that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you look at life today, and, like, you just got these people on both sides that just want to be like, I don't like this, you should change. Right. Mm, no. Instead of saying, I didn't like this, so I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. You know what? I didn't like... I don't like that racist person. So like, I'm not going to listen to it or I'm going to choose to engage back at them. Um, but I'm not going to sink to their level to the point where I call them names or whatever. Um, you know, but like at the same time, they're probably not going to listen, but I'm not going to ignore, I'm not going to pretend like their belief isn't stupid. Their belief is stupid. Their belief is bad. Their belief is wrong. It's dumb. But like, I don't feel any need to like, cool. I I don't need to silence them. Hmm. Frankly, like, cool, let's figure out who all the people who have these shitty beliefs are. Like, that's fine on both sides. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, stop fucking telling me how I need to behave unless you can show me a, a decent reason why. Yeah. And like none of these arguments on either side of anything these days, anything, pick a freaking topic. None of them are rational. None of them are trying to understand the other side. Right. They're just all trying to shout down everybody and silence people that they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Which like is you, fucking horseshit. Yeah. And you look at, you know, I've, I'm born into a very conservative family. I've been raised fairly conservative. I was raised very conservatively. I have very conservative beliefs on like government and spending and money and like those political beliefs. I'm a little more socially liberal. You know, I've got a uh, gay 20 year old son, uh, a, 24 year old I don't know what she prefers to be called um, but um, and I'm like yeah you know they're just human beings like I don't care like, mm. if they want to get married they want to do that like whatever it doesn't affect me right but it's like I would rather vote for true conservative people for uh, on financial like fiscal issues like I government should spend less and be smaller but like shit they're fucking crazy now. <laughs> like here in Coeur d'Alene, they're crazy. I know a guy who used to be on the, the central committee, the political committee that runs things for the Republican Party. And I ran into him recently to talk to him and was talking to him. I was like, what's going on, man? Like they're tanking. The, they're, they're literally tanking the university to the point it's going to lose accreditation. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're trying to tank the school systems by not letting let like... One of the first ones they tried to pass was not good. Like, I don't believe in indefinite taxes, but like, I absolutely believe in like, I want to pay taxes for education for schools where I live because I don't want to grow up or I don't want my kids to grow up and I don't want to live in a neighborhood where they're not educated children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you talking about that levy that uh, didn't pass? Yeah. And then they like put it to a two year levy and it passed. 
but like, you know, all the arguments coming from it, from, you know, the, the political mouthpieces. And it's like, that doesn't make sense to me. Or at the library where they literally took over the library board in the last election a month ago on a platform of banning books. <laughs> like I shit you not. Oh, yeah, I want to say Conservative Republicans took like one election to a library board on a platform of banning books. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. I, rem- I remember that you say that hearing about that and I thought the same thing. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's a, it's a library. The conservative party, the conservatives that I knew growing up and that I've met and that I, I, I respect are small government. Like the less the government does, like the mess, the less the government meddles in your life. Mm-hmm. It's not, it can't be completely non-existent. We do need it. Right. They're very useful things. The government does, but like the, the government that does the least to fuck with your life is the best. Right. And like, I've met some politicians that are like that, but the, this whole new wave of crazy of like, Oh, well, we're going to use all the less tools against them. I'm like, then you're just doing the you're same just as fucking, fucking thing. Yeah. You're just as bad as they are. Yeah. Now you're using the government as a hammer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, which it was never meant to be. And it shouldn't be. Oh, like it, just let people live their life. Yeah. Like, well, and there's more and more people now that are pushing for more legislation and expecting the government to fucking solve all their problems. Mm-hmm. We don't like this. You should make a law against that. Yeah. Like, how about if you don't fucking like it? The yeah, it's right. Both. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't like gay people. We should make a law against it. And then yeah. they're like, we don't like guns. We should make a law against that. And then it's like, well, we don't like you being allowed to have purple hair. So we should make a law against that. Yeah. Well, we don't like you being able to hold signs about Jesus. So we should make a law about that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, why can't you all just say, okay, move along. Like if, if somebody's hey, standing on a, than me, right. Yeah. Cool. Good for Somebody you. standing on a street corner holding a sign that says, you know, Jesus is the way or whatever. Like, does that actually affect you? No. Does yeah. it? No. It's just them holding a sign. And if you want to stand on a street corner and hold a sign supporting, you know, abortion, cool. Like, doesn't affect me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't change my life. It doesn't change my drive of, yeah. you know, Highway 95 on yeah. my way like, to the bar. <laughs> now, if you're going to be a dick and you're going to cause ruckus and riot and like, mm-hmm. like, you know, I think on the surface, Oregon's drug law where they decriminalize drug use mm, yeah. on the surface. Great. Like, you know what? You should not criminalize people who use drugs. I don't think so because they're not the problem. Yeah. And two, like if you want to do that, cool, go for it. It's your life. Now, if you right. do that and then go commit crimes. Like now we have a problem right. where, you, where you're committing a crime against other people right. and like you're becoming a problem. So now we have to take care of that. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Oregon, what they did, they decriminalized that and then they drastically reduced all of their policing and shit because they're just so woke. And yeah, cause they were like, well, if we're not going to be enforcing uh, drugs anymore, yeah. then we don't need as many cops. And then they, whoa, 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 they caught on, <laughs> they caught on with the whole like defund the police movement. And like, uh, you know, yeah. I grew up in a house of cops. Like my dad was a cop and like all his buddies were cops growing up. And you know, I, well, yeah, the, the ones I, that the, they uh, still do have can't even do their fucking job. Yeah. The, I went to the going away party for one of the guys that got convicted in the Rodney King case. Oh, really? I went to his going away party and his going away barbecue as he went to jail for two years. And like, 
kids all splashing in the pool, grilling up hot dogs and hamburgers, all the cops drinking beer. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> this one of the guys was my dad's best friend uh, is like a legitimate hero. Uh, a couple of years ago, he was off duty, dropping his kid off at a high school in Southern California that I went to. It was right around the corner from my house I grew up in. And uh, school shooting was happening. And so he ran in and just his shirt and tie, he's a detective, and like put the shooter down, you know, no body armor, nothing. And uh, it's like I grew up around these guys, right? Like I, and, and like I understand like a lot of cops are dicks. I don't get along with a lot of cops because I'm super libertarian. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like I get why they're dicks. Their job is stressful, but like, bro, come on. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not being a dick to you, please don't be a dick to me. Right. Just because your job's stressful. Like I've been there. I've gone to combat as a 19 year old and had to deal with people that were trying to blow me up. And I was still managed to be nice and respectful to everybody else that wasn't trying to blow me up. Yeah. <laughs> like, so don't tell me that you can't have, you can't be on and situationally aware and be nice to people. Yeah. Like, yes, you fucking can. Anyways. So yeah, like, but like when you defund the police, like what, what do you fucking think is going to happen? Mm. You know, people are going to start committing crimes and like, I'm not even somebody that feels like we should rely on the police. Right. Like when, yeah, we shouldn't. Yeah. You know, when you're in danger, help is minutes away. Yeah. When seconds matter, help, help is, is minutes, minutes away. away. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, really the only thing I'm ever going to rely on police for is if I get in a accident and they're first on the scene for which can totally happen. And, and mm-hmm. I understand that. And I think that's a super valuable, bene- super valuable benefit to them. Yeah. But like writing me tickets for, I don't even know. I got pulled over a couple of weeks ago, like probably two months ago, twice in less than three minutes. <laughs> How the fuck did you do By that? Different cops because they thought my headlights were out. Oh, on my beamer and it's like just the way they shine like you can't see them from the side like you can't yeah tell that they're on and it was like dusk hours so i got pulled over by cda police and then literally three to four minutes later got pulled over by kootenai sheriff and they both walked up to the front of my vehicle looked around looked at the lights and were like oh (laughs) and then still like they weren't dicks but Anyways, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with all that. Yeah. Still uh, ran your plates, asked for your license and registration and all that. I just, my, I can sum my political beliefs up and like, I think gay married, gay married couples should be able to grow their own pot and protect it with machine guns. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I'm uh so uh Doug Stanhope comedian, he has a great bit about all of that stuff, but I agree with him. If you own nothing else in life, what you do own is your own body, the fucking meat that's packing your bones mm-hmm. and you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want with it. Yeah. Whether that is, you know, jumping off a fucking cliff in a squirrel suit with a parachute or pumping yourself full of fucking heroin or blowing yeah. your fucking brains out after you've downed six bottles of pills and a bottle of whiskey. And as long that's as that's what you want to do, yeah. then fucking do it. As long as it doesn't affect other anybody people. else, yeah. which I mean, like if you want to go be a suicide bomber, like fuck you, like that's yeah. not cool because yeah, go fuck yourself. Now you're affecting the lives of other people in a directly malicious, intentional way. Mm-hmm. But 
overall, yeah, just let other people do what they want to do. Like, so what if you don't agree with it? Mm -hmm. You know, at the same time, don't expect me to tell you it's okay for you to be doing what you're doing either. Like, don't expect that I'm not going to have an opinion about it. Right. And so, yeah, you can absolutely go color your hair purple and tattoo shit stain across your forehead. (laughs) More power to you. Yeah. Awesome. Great. I don't that, but I'm going to make a judgment call about who you are as a person because who you are as a person, like to do something like that tells me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've got tattoos. I, I don't, it's not even like about that. It's, it's people expect other people to not have opinions. Yeah. Like, well, no, you need to respect my, I do respect your right to do that. You need to respect my right to say that you're a fucking idiot for doing to, it. Yeah. Have an opinion about it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to express it in a shitty way yeah. because now like I'm, that's not who I am. Right. That's not who you are, but yeah. that's how some people are. And, and at the end of the day, if you want to be upset about what somebody's opinion of yeah. you is, well, then that's on you. Yep. Yeah. David Goggin says you will never meet a hater doing better than you in life. Yeah, that's true. So keep looking up. Yeah. If, if you want to fucking tattoo shit stain across your forehead and dye your hair blue, go ahead and do it. But there's going to be somebody out there who thinks you're a fucking idiot. And there's going to be somebody who thinks that and tells you that to your face. And it's going to cost you jobs. It's going to cost you things in life. Everything in life is an opportunity cost. But if you're going to do it, own it. And don't allow those people to change how you feel about what you've done. If you feel good about it, then feel good about it, regardless of what somebody says. Just don't look me in the eye and tell me that, well, I have goals to be the president of the United States. Like, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's fine. You can do what you want, but understand well, maybe everything in life is an opportunity cost. And so you have to make your choices. If you are choosing to do heroin all the time, you're, that's an opportunity cost. You're sacrificing the opportunity to uh, do other things in life. Yeah. And that's fine. You're only making that choice for you. Right. Once you start to make that choice for other people by being a shit stain and interfering with other people's lives, that's where now we run into, okay, we have to... So I like true libertarianism can't really exist in the, and so like communism can't really exist either, right? Like either of these extremes because there has to be some sort of authority figure there to slap people on the dick and take care of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't think th- there's a lot of people out there who think that it should just be absolutely free where there's no authority and we can just do whatever we want and live however we want. It's like, no, are you out of your fucking mind? Do you realize what kind of a ridiculous monkey cage this would be? Yeah. If that were true. Yeah. It's just not how we've evolved <laughs> at all. Yeah. It's, it's not. not how nature works. It's so, not. You know, there has to be the words of a villain. Yeah. You know, there has to be balance. There does. Yeah. Yeah. There has to be some kind of law and order. How much of it though, I guess is the question. Yeah. Minimal. We shouldn't be allowed to just run around and fucking spank our monkeys everywhere, but we should be allowed to fucking do shit that, doesn't bother other people yeah. not not really you know whatever a person or a group of consenting persons consenting adult persons want to do with their life together is fine by me orgies <laughs> it's very messy eh, lysol wipes yeah <laughs> that's where my head went the second you said group of consenting adults i don't hey. know what that says about me well, I mean, <laughs> it's a whole lifestyle. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's their lifestyle and yeah. it's not bothering anybody who's not at the orgy. Exactly. Except for maybe whoever owns the Airbnb. They have clubs for this. <laughs> they have private clubs. That, that they do with yeah. people who know how to use wet wipes and clean things. Yep. So what do you think the meaning of life is? We started with that at the very beginning before we started recording. Yeah, I think the meaning of life is growth. Yeah, that's on a purely biological evolutionary level. Yeah. Growth. You know, and we're no different as humans. Uh, so grow, change, embrace discomfort, embrace challenges, use them to grow and improve and work towards constantly being better and healthier. Do you think any of that involves trying to make a change for everyone else, whether good or bad? I don't think you can make changes for other people. I think all you can do is make changes for yourself and... Well, I mean, like the whole statement of, you know, leave a better world behind for the next generation and all that. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Everybody tries to, right? But yeah, we all fuck shit up. Every, every generation realizes the mistakes their parents make. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think as part of growth as a human is learning to expand upon just the individual selfish ego. Mm. And understand you're part of a larger, you're part of something bigger, whether it's community or spirituality or whatever, right? And Yeah, it's not just you. Yeah, having an acknowledgement of there's a connectedness to life. And that's part of growth, realizing that and realizing, you know, scientists actually think trees compete for space in a forest um, for sunlight. And what they've found recently, I read an article where they, they found that trees are actually trees are actually communal in that they um, share equally, they try to share as equally as possible the sunlight space so they grow evenly. Hmm. And I think that's easy to do when you're with other life forms, right? But we're talking about people. So when you're with other people who share your same goals and values, it's right. easier to share that space. It's right. easier to share that. But uh, Well, yeah, trees are trees, so every tree is exactly the same. Yeah. And, you know. All, all pine trees are all pine trees. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a pine tree, you should be surrounding yourself with pine trees. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and humans aren't really any different. Right. So it's yeah. kind of back to some of that stuff earlier of like finding the right people. Yep. And it's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like when you find those right people, right? Like you're going to grow communally, you're going to do good things around and, and you're, you're going to try to leverage that to expand. And like, that's really what, humanity is just this constant cycle of growth and expansion and you know one empire to another and and building this and building that like we're builders we want to expand we want to grow yeah and you know applying that to yourself is gonna apply it to every part of your life you know so yeah i think i, I think i agree i can see all that i, I think uh, another part of that too on top of that in terms of in terms of making changes and uh you can't necessarily change other people, but, you know, encouraging others to follow the lead, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so, so if you're growing and expanding and, and, you know, you're, you're following a path of, of growth and becoming a better person and, you know, pulling people up or giving them the tools and the opportunity to do that too, that could be making a change. Yeah. So I, I think that's incredibly important, right? Like is helping others by example. Yes. Um, I ran a marathon recently and realized during my training, I'm like, as, as I'm in this super hard, long 20 mile run, thinking about the fact, oh, like my mom did this, 
Hmm. And like I texted her, I'm like, thank you for setting example because like I was sucking and I was struggling and I thought, shit, my mom did this. Like, Your mom ran marathons? Yeah, my dad too. Damn. Um, and then I ran my marathon, my 17-year-old talking, or not 17-year-old, 19-year-old who's in the army talking shit. And <laughs> uh, dad who ran two marathons is like with us and goes, well, why aren't you signed up for a marathon? And so then that night, my dad signed him up for the CDA marathon three weeks later on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. So my 19-year-old ran a marathon with no training and did it in four and a half hours. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> and in the process of that, his 21-year-old brother, you know, my 21-year-old looks at me on the Tuesday before the marathon. The marathon's on Sunday. He goes, well, I want to do it too, Dad. And I was like, um, What? 21 year olds not in shape at all yeah he's over at his mom's house and uh like i'm talking to him i'm like all right well let's talk about this why why do you want to do this because i don't like i say no to stupid things like can i have money no yeah give me no um hey i'd like to do all right i'm like all right let's talk about it. let's go with a plan let's hear it what's your plan like let's let's make this happen anything you want to do in life like i'm gonna jump in i'm like, let's figure it out. Yeah, you're gonna We're going to talk that. about it. So, well, you know, Caleb's coming home, and this is, like, our last thing before I moved to Florida. Like, I just kind of want to, like, do something. And, you know, his mom was running the half. His sister was running a 5K. I had just run a marathon. So I was on support crew all day. And he's like, you know, I, it'll just be a chance to, like, do something crazy and challenge myself, like, with the family. And I can run it with Caleb. And I was like, all right. So I love everything you said, but we need to... Like, here's some realism. You're not going to run it with your brother. Yeah, right. Your brother's a 19-year-old army fucking stud who, you know, just, like, ran one 18-mile training run two weeks before and was, like, back to work the next day, you know, rucking through the woods and, you know, carrying, you know, machine gun tripods and, you know, boxes of ammo and shit. So, like, that kid's a stud. Like, you're, you don't exercise. You're not going to run it with your brother. Yeah. It's like, but can you finish it? Absolutely, you can. You can totally do it. It's like, all right, all right. It's like, I got to see if I can get work off. I don't hear from him again until Thursday. He's like, oh, you know, I texted me. He's like, I got work off. I paid somebody 50 bucks to cover my shift. And I was like, sweet. So I signed him up, 150 bucks. Like the kids got buy-in now. He spent 50 bucks of his own money. Yeah. Signed him up in the marathon walkers. He starts at 5.30 a.m. Walking it. And he finishes in seven hours and 55 minutes. And... I made him run the last five miles. <laughs> like I ran it with him. I did like the last 10 with him, but like made him run the last five miles. Um, like I put in 17 miles that day between like running with people and running back and forth. But like the kid finished it and it's like, man, like he wouldn't have even had this idea in his head if I hadn't run a marathon the month before and started this whole domino effect. Right. And then my 20 year old last night, you know, he sends me his text about like, Hey, you know, thank you for being an example of, what success and hard work look like and what a good man looks like. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. You know, so I've had conversations with him where it's like, okay, you know, he's got his head on right and he's got the right plans to do things, you know, and do them correctly as a 20 year old that I didn't. So, you know, hopefully they've learned from the example. And I think that's how people learn. And that's actually part of my life mission statement is to live a life of adventure and fun and bring joy to those around me. Right. So like I want to affect the people around me and I'm probably going to alter that. Add some challenge in there somewhere. Cause that's a big <laughs> part of my life. But 
Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a good mission statement. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a wonderful talk. It has, man. Yeah, thanks for coming and doing this again. Uh, you can always hit me up and... Uh, yeah, you'll have to stay in touch and we'll do another one at some point. Do a remote one or something. You or you can come to Florida. <laughs> Fuck, I'll come to Florida. I've been wanting to go back to Florida it for is. quite a while. Yeah, it's just endless summer there. I'm yeah, like selling all of my shit, buying a surfboard. Really? <laughs> Not joking. I was actually... I was talking to somebody about that last night. Uh, that's one of the things that's on my quote-unquote bucket list is to try surfing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be a block from the beach. Nice. With a guest bedroom. Always welcome. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll see if uh, I can put it on the list for next year. Sounds good. So that's what I've been trying to do lately is plan big trips for, for next year so I can save up and work on it's good to build a network of people that live different places too. I know, right? Yeah. So like we're on our way out, we're stopping at my uncle's house in the Lake of the Ozarks. He's got a lake house. It's like sweet. Oh yeah. Both retired Air Force. It's like sweet. Another place we can go boat and not have to own the boat anymore. I know, right? <laughs> All right, man. Cool, man. Yeah. I'll let you get out of here. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Keep on grinding, everybody. <laughs>